November 10th, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Ayin Zayin Amud Aleph, if you count from the top of the Amud, it's seven lines down, the first word on the line. says the Gemara, Amar Rava, we began this conversation yesterday, the Gemara will now deal with potential terrible circumstances where a person takes the life of another, uh, where the Hachamim debate or declare that this was indirect or maybe we should consider it direct. If it's indirect in terms of uh, murder, in terms of taking the life of another, there won't be a Hiyuv Bide Adam, that's the way to say it. There won't be a Mitat Betin. Betin won't put the uh, person who did that wrong deed uh, to death with a Saif. They'll uh, certainly uh, punish him. They'll uh, lock him up and take him away uh, from being a threat to society. But his ultimate punishment will be bide shamayim. It'll be in the hands of heaven. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will be meshalim avon 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 maasav. When it comes to mita bide adam, it's only and specifically when it's direct. It's not bederech gerama. So we're going to deal with many of uh, such situations where Rava and others either declare or debate what's the status. This one says the Gemara Amar Rava kefato vamet baraav patur. If a person tied up another and uh, the, the other ends up dying of starvation, patur. And the explanation, we'll see that this is actually a matter of debate in a bit, uh, but the explanation is that at the time of tying up, that person is not uh, starving. And as a result, it's something that's indirect, but you caused it. You caused it, but that's not direct enough. Tosafot adds, as we mentioned yesterday, that according to Rava, even if the person is hungry already, He's still patur, again, he's not able to do so. He's patur from mitat bedin, but, he's, but, but, but he should not and, and is not able to. So nobody can take the life of another. Um, but Tosafot explains that the circumstances, even if he was already hungry, because the idea is, whereas if a person was tied up in the sun, it's the radiance, it's the heat of the sun, which is going to ultimately kill that person, which is present at the very first moment. In this situation, in contrast, the person's starvation at the beginning is not really the starvation that will ultimately take his life. It's the intensity which grows over time. The sun, it's not unless it is, but we're assuming the situation is a person was put out and the sun is already beating with its full effect. And as a result, the sun's danger, the weapon is already there upon him, whereas over here it's only going to intensify over time. We call that gerama, we call it removed. Yes, Nick? Say it again. When the Torah talks about a haka'ah, Nathan's already having us thinking about the derasha. We don't know the derasha yet, and the Gemara doesn't quickly cite for us. But he says the fact that, at the very least, the Torah talks about makeh ishvamet and makes it clear, or somewhat clear to us, that it's direct. We're certainly reading that very literally with regards to it can't be a haka'ah and then something happens. A direct haka'ah which takes the life of the other. Ve'amar rava. If the person was tied up in terrible circumstance, when it's already sunny outside, so he's taken into, he's in the sun, he's tied up, and the heat of the sun or the uh, radiance of the sun is what kills this individual, but you didn't do it, the sun did it. But you used the weaponry of the sun in the immediate moment as you're uh, tying him up, which is what ultimately kills him. 
your hayav, the weapon and the dangerous device of taking the life was there and present from the beginning. And likewise, bitsina, sina is the opposite of hamas, sina is a freezing cold. If you tied the person up and uh, placed them, uh, had them in a, uh, a freezer room, in such a circumstance, uh, your hayav, what do you mean? I didn't do it, the freezing cold did it. Oh, but that's the way it works, you tied them up in a situation where they couldn't get out of the freezing cold. It's like the Mishnah where you were kavash letocha, maim kavash letocha ur. What if alternatively, it's not yet cold, the freezer's not yet on, it's not yet sunny, the sun hasn't uh, rose yet in the morning. Sof hamalevo, the sun will come up, but it's not up yet. So when you tied them up, it's true, you're setting them up for such a situation, but it's not as direct because the sun's not out yet. Sof sinalevo, and you haven't yet plugged in, uh, the freezer hasn't yet been plugged in or it hasn't uh, hummed to a start. What's the halakha in those two circumstances? Patur, again, that's gerama. It's not that you're allowed to do it. You should not, may not. Terrible circumstances if a person takes the life of another under almost any circumstance. But in terms of mitat bide adam, in terms of mitat bedin, us taking the life of that person for doing so, patur. Ve'amarava kefato lifne ari. If a person were to be tied up by another in front of a lion, and the lion, of course, pounces upon them and kills them, patur. Why are they patur in such a circumstance? The lion is there, the lion is present. If you take a look at the right-hand side in Rashi, Rashi explains, ari patur, it's right across. Says Rashi, even if it's individual, let's be honest, unless they're the uh, lion trainer, uh, any one of us, any uh, normal person, if they're in front of a lion, which is the circumstance, it's not that they were placed in front of, they're already in front of a lion, and then they're tied up, they didn't stand the chance to begin with. They're going to run away from a lion? Come on, they're not running away from a lion. And if the lion's not hungry, the lion's not going to eat them even when they're, they're tied up. So says Rashi, the person didn't stand the chance in the first place. By you tying them up, you didn't really aid in their demise. And as a result, you're patur. It's not that you're allowed to do so. It's not that. So the assumption is that the person was there and you just tied them Has to be so. At listen. <laughs> Right, so if you place them in front of a lion and then tied them down, we're dealing with different situations. That's placing them in the water. It's no different. That's the assumption. Tosafot does question Rashi, though, because Tosafot says, wait a second. The lion is probably at a distance. Otherwise, how are you tying them up? If the lion's already on top of the person, you're not really tying them up. This is Tosafot at the bottom. Uh, five lines from the bottom says Tosafot. Uh, we'll, we'll see the next line in a moment where we talk about mosquitoes. But says Tosafot, it can't be that the lion is on top of them. And Chiluk ben Yitushim la'ari and Mishum d'stamari adayin lo hitchil lahabolbo shim kafatz kavara alav ha'ari lo hayayachol hitasek lekafoto. So what Tosafot just points out is uh, much along the lines of of Jesse's. You can't really find in a practical sense a case of a lion where you would be. Uh, it, having, not you, the murderer would be in a case, in a situation where the individual is already having that imminent threat. Uh, it's hard to find such a situation that the lion is on top of them and beginning to devour them and you're tying them up then, you're going to lose your own life. It must be that they're at somewhat of a distance from it, even if it's a little, or you brought it in front of the lion, but in those circumstances it's already removed. Bring in front of the lion is different, but the, if the person's already present at, in the lion's proximity, 
but at a distance and you tied them up, so then it's already somewhat removed. That's the statement over here again. So if it's kifatolifne'ari, they're found in front of a lion and you tie them up, and says Rashi, they didn't stand the chance. Tosafot says it must be because the lion was on top of them. Can't accept such a proposition, Rashi. And you can't tie them up then. It must be instead, says Tosafot, a little bit more simple. They're at a distance, but it's not direct. The lion's not on top of them. And that's why it's no different. It's very similar to Sof Hamalavo. However, says the, says the statement of Ravat back in the Gemara, Lifnei Yitushin Hayav, if it's in front of mosquitoes, and the mosquitoes, ultimately speaking, sting the person to the extent because he's tied up and he can't defend himself or herself, that they die. Hayav, you're Hayav, how do you explain that? Why is that Hayav? So we have one of two explanations. According to Rashi, the difference between the Ari and the Yitushin goes as follows. Keep in mind, according to Rashi, you have to imagine the lion's already on top of him. Somehow you're tying him up. It means the mosquitoes are already on top of him or her. And you're Hayav, why are you Hayav? Because what was the point for Rashi? For Rashi, it was that you could run away from the lion, or you can't run away from the lion, and that's why you're not liable. Could you run away from mosquitoes? Could you kill the mosquitoes on your face? Certainly on your body, of course. So the difference between the two goes as follows. Did the tying up for Rashi cause the death or not? Well, if the lion's already on top of you, it didn't cause your death. You didn't have a chance of getting out. Patur. If the mosquitoes are on top of you, so then it's no different. Uh, then, 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 then in such a circumstance, you could smash them all and get away, if not for the fact that you were tied up. Hayab, you caused the death. No, 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 but the mosquitoes, the mosquitoes were there already. Tosa photo turn. In Rashi, but then what's the difference between a lion and, and mosquitoes? So that's the, that's, that's the question on Rashi. So that's why Rashi doesn't go that way. Rashi has it that they're already there, is the assumption of Tosafot. Tosafot, alternatively, if you recall, right, has the lion at a distance. Ooh, if the lion's at a distance and you're patur because it's indirect, so then what's the difference between the lion and the mosquitoes? That's what Tosafot has. And Tosafot says, uh, perhaps, again, not, neither one of the approaches are easy. Says Tosafot, the cases in the Gemara are not directly parallel and uh, they're not exactly uh, paralleled one to the other. The lion must be, because it's a normal circumstance, it's at somewhat of a distance, you tied him up, uh, so he was tied up, and as a result, uh, he dies, it's indirect. The mosquitoes, you're not going to be talking, says Tosafot, about a mosquito case unless the mosquitoes already began stinging him. So this is going to be the case. Uh, it's not so far-fetched to imagine a case where he's already began stinging him and you tied him up. That's why you're Hayat. Again, the, the, the distinction then, according to Tosafot, isn't so much between lions and, and mosquitoes. It's just between whether the item is already present in a real manifested way or not, oh, but that's Tosafot, they have their problem with Rashi. As says the Gemara, but not everyone agrees to mosquitoes. Even by mosquitoes, now again, according to Rashi, uh, the mosquitoes were, um, in contrast to the lion, he would have been able to get away, and Tosafot, where they're already on him. Um, the truth is, both Rashi and Tosafot have the mosquitoes as being somewhat similar, they're already on him, and the beginning of his demise is there already. 
but says Ravashe, you'd be patur. Why would you be patur? Hane azle vahane atu. The assumption is, maybe scientifically, maybe experientially, that mosquitoes will switch places, which means to say the mosquitoes that are on him right now and sucking his blood or whatever they're doing, it's stinging him, injecting him with a little bit of poison. Um, they're not going to be able to spend their whole day over there. They're going to leave, they're going to depart, and another entourage of mosquitoes will come in, which means to say that his ultimate death uh, is not coming from the initial mosquitoes which were present at the time that he was being tied up. As a result, perhaps we should distinguish. Should we say the fact that, yes, there were mosquitoes here, uh, but it's now different mosquitoes, that's, uh, that's removed. Or alternatively, the first opinion maintains, but mosquitoes are mosquitoes, so it's no, a different set of mosquitoes. Is that so? I don't know, it can't be. I've been stung by more than once on a single mosquito. I've, yeah. I've gone to sleep... I spent uh, two, year, two years in Israel in yeshiva where the room had a draft and had easy entrance to mosquitoes. So we had to cover our heads with our blankets when we went to sleep. And I would wake up in the morning, there were three perched on my wall. But those three would give me more than just three. What's that? I would work it out. Maybe Israeli mosquitoes are different. This, and this fly and this fly, it's a cumulative effect. It puts all of them together, they got me. This one started and then it caused problems for me, the second one, more problems, the third one, the tenth one, even though they're there away, the new ones get all together. That's what got him down, which means to say, though, Mars. So, so, so the first, so you're, you're, are you explaining Rava? Rava says Hayav because it was all one extended thing. It's just the sun beating down. Rava says, oh, but it's somewhat different. It's not the same one. You're right. I mean, that's that. You're you're arguing Rava's point. It's all one long stinging done by several different ones, but they're all the same thing. Whereas Rava says, but look at it. This was a Joe mosquito, and that was Sam mosquito, and it's different. As a result. It's somewhat gerama related. That's the mahlok. It says the gemara. Is there really a difference between Rabban and Rabbi Sheh? I mean, both Rabbi Sheh would say it's the same mosquitoes. They're, they're not, as far as I understand, it's no mahlok in a misyut. They're not debating reality. They're both accepting, uh, whether it's for Eli's scientific reasons or otherwise, that it's not the same mosquitoes that are on him at the beginning and at the end. Um, they're just debating along the lines Mars sharpened it for us um, how we envision mosquitoes. Do I say this was the beginning mosquitoes and then there were other mosquitoes later on, which means it's gerama? Or do I say I put you in a beehive? I put you amongst mosquitoes. Who cares that it was this one and then another one afterwards? So all mosquitoes, uh, as, as, as a result, not gerama. That would be the claim of Rava. Says the Gemara onward, itmar. Itmar means we have a statement in the Midrash. Kafa alav. Gigit. Uh, gigit, you know, we have that, we have kafa alehem har ki gigit in Masechet Shabbat with regards to Ma'amad Har Sinai, where the Hachamim envision HaKadosh Baruch Hu raising Har Sinai above Am Yisrael and threatening them, if you don't accept the Torah, I'm going to level this upon you. So kafa alav gigit, in not such a, a, a romantic way of God uh, commanding us to take the Torah, but rather in a malicious way. A person takes a vat, a tub, and places it upon another, giving them no space and little room to breathe, which will ultimately speaking bring forth a, a suffocation. Alternatively, uh, they opened up the uh, top of the home. They opened up uh, the ceiling in the home, which means to say they let in a draft, and of course they seal the home so there's no way of getting out. So one case is suffocation, the other case is bringing in the air, which is ultimately speaking going to freeze the person to death. Ravavar bizera hadamar hayav patur. 
says the Gemara, it's Mahloke between Ravan and Bizera. We don't know who said what. We do know one maintains Patur. Again, Patur doesn't mean permitted. Patur means you won't be liable to death penalty. And the other says, Hayab, says the Gemara, perhaps we can deduce who said what. Tistayem de Ravahu de Amar Patur. I think we can conclude, initially states the Gemara, that it was Rava who maintained Patur. How so? What do you know about Rava? Well, we know Rava's statement, which we began the day with, After all, Rava's statement was, if he was if the person if the person was tied up and they ultimately speaking died of of starvation, patur, isn't that similar to this situation? Over here, the vat was placed upon them. Initially, they're able to breathe. As time goes on, they breathe less well and less well and less well. Initially, when the ceiling is opened up, they still, they, they bunch themselves in the corner, they put their clothing as tightly onto them as possible, but over the course of time, uh, they lose the ability to continue breathing naturally, they lose the ability to have blood circulation in the healthy fashion, and that's what takes their life. Rava said that's considered removed enough to say that it's not a direct murder and as a result you're not liable to death penalty. It's a fantastic uh, analysis with regards to making this similar to the last one. Uh, w- wait a second, uh, l- let me pause for a second and question, why is that the only similarity? What about the examples we had earlier with C- appears, uh, we had a consensus, what about the Sun case? So if you'll take a look before we move on, we're Tosafot, Three lines from the bottom, says Tosafot, Lodame. This case is not similar. I, I will warn you as we go through this sugya and several others of this, uh, of this nature, there's plenty to be said and developed. And the Rishonim have fine, uh, fine uh, tuned these sugyot to their opinions and their perspectives on what's direct and what's indirect. And it doesn't only have ramifications for this gruesome, terrible world of murder, it has for as well melachot uh, on Shabbat. What's considered direct? What's indirect? Matter of fact, one of the, uh, one of the uh, examples that's brought up in the context of Sof Hamalavo, how direct is it? How is it not? It's a funny one. It's not even what you might be imagining with regards to electricity on Shabbat. Is it direct or not? It's with regards to glasses that uh, are transition glasses. If you go outside and the glasses are going to be uh, turned into sunglasses, is that permitted? Uh, full disclosure, it is permitted. But this Gemara has entered into the conversation uh, because do we consider that indirect? Is it direct? Is it certain? And so on and so forth. But anyway, I only mentioned that as a word of warning. Don't assume that we are now experts. We never should, but we're not experts on the matters of life and death and uh, direct and indirect from these sugyot, reading them with Rashi and Tosafot. Plenty more to be discussed and developed. Ramban Nachmani, in fact, he himself wrote a full kuntres, a full, uh, a full uh, essay on the matter. He called it Dinad de Garmi. Dinad de Garmi, we'll talk about what Garmi is in contrast to Garama, but he wrote plenty on this because there's plenty to be, to be debated and discussed. Loda Mesas Tosafot Lesov Hama Lavo, Lesov Sina Lavo. It's different, you can't compare this case to those circumstances where we accepted it was patur, in that circumstance, in the moment that the person was tied up, there was no sun and there was no freezing cold. Over here it's very different. As the person has the vat, the tub placed upon them, as they're in the room and you opened up the ceiling, the freezing cold air starts entering in and the suffocation began, the oxygen is being drained of him and of his space around him. So in each... Where we mention them together. It's not one case, it's two cases. The vav is not a vav on the hadith. 
That's a different case. Hayav. That's, that's there. We're talking about Sof Hama. Veloda mename likifato bahama vesina. Maybe instead we should consider this case like the case Nathan just raised. And that was when the sun's already out and it's already freezing and you tied him up. And then you certainly hayav. Maybe that, that's the case over. So, 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 so it's not that either. It's something it tahatam kvaratu ale mikodem hama vesinashi eshbem kde lehamit. In that circumstance, the heat of the sun, the radiance, the beams of the sun, and the freezing cold is already fully present. Nothing intensifies over time. That's not the same thing. We have an in-between case. We have a case where there's no sun, no freezing cold. Tied him up. Ah, that's certainly gerama. We have a case where it's already out. He might not be dying right now, but we look back and we say the weapon was in him from them. He was injected from them. This case is in-between. It's that it's steadily growing as re- and as a result, we liken this one to he's hungry. No, or, what's that? The same as being in the sun. Maybe the sun wasn't out. The opening the roof in this circumstances, keep in mind, he's in a room. That's purposeful. He's not out in the elements. He's in a room, so he has some insulation. It's going to be a steady and gradual increase. For that reason, we have specifically, if it was not opening the roof, if he was outside, it's sina. He's betocha sina. Anyway, so again, back in the Gemara, that's what Tosafot fine-tunes for us, explaining why this case, these cases are a bit different. Uh, but again, says the Gemara Itmar, we have this statement in which we're dealing with a uh, circumstance of either kafa alav gigit or para alav ma'azeva Suggest the Gemara Tistayim de Ravahu de Amar Patur de Amar Avakifatova met Baraav Patur. This Ravah statement likening the Gemara does that circumstance to this one where it's starvation which brings to the ultimate demise after he was tied up. Says Ravah Patur. Why is that any different than a situation where the suffocation over time or the freezing cold over time intensifies and takes the life of the individual? Ravah says that. That's indirect. ad says the Gemara, quite the opposite. Or alternatively, I could see it differently. Tistayim de'amar patur. After all, I have a statement of Rebizera, which likewise accords with the statement that patur in this situation. Again, neither direct nor completely indirect. We found our in-between case. We found our gray circumstance. I have a Rebizera circumstance, which would accord to that household. Says Rebizera, de'amar bizera, hayman. Rebizera came up with the following strange situation. Either it happened, or he was imagining and discussing it happening. Hai means this, man means whom, he whom, or this person whom. If a person decides, I'm going to take this person, other person's life in a gruesome way, and I place him in a room which is made of shai. Shai is marble. It's very much, in, in the eyes of the hachamim, impenetrable, which means to say that it's, it's very insulated. It's a room in which air will not enter or leave. He enters him into the room, completely sealed, and as he places him in the room, I assume tied up because he can't manipulate this, he lights a lamp, he lights a flame. Now the flame is going to furthermore complicate matters and, 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 uh, and make quicker his, his death. Uh, but the fact that we needed to enter that detail over here, that he lit the flame, tells us that without lighting the flame, without the lamp, the person would be patur. The only reason he's hayav in such a situation is because he did an action. The action was lighting the flame, which is, so to speak, an active removal of the ability for this person to be uh, breathing. Says the Gemara. 
That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. But the barrel on top of him, you didn't do another action. I placed him in this room. I placed the barrel on top of him. The barrel, the vat, whatever, on top of him, I didn't then do something else. So the barrel's on top of him. Now he's in there. Now his death comes afterwards. I put him in the room. His death comes afterwards. Do I need another action which makes it more direct? Well, Bizera seems to think that the only way you'll be Hayav is if you lit the flame. Ta'ama, you see. What's that? The, fl- the flame is removing the oxygen and as a result, making it more difficult, more quickly for him to, to, to suffocate. What's that? But it means that I did a direct action to, to bring that forth quicker. Yeah, says the Gemara, the only reason it appears according to the Bizera that your Hayav is because you lit the flame. Had he not lit a flame, la, in such a circumstance you'd be patur. So says the Gemara, you told me there was a mahloka between the Bizera and Rava about what the status, what the halakha of a person with regards to placing the gigit uh, or being poteh ma'azeva, the vat, or opening the ceiling and bringing forth the, the, the death of the person, neither fully direct nor fully indirect. He said it was a mahloka, one says patur, one says hayav. Rava, I can very cogently argue, holds patur because it's like ra'av. He died in hunger, starvation. And Rava told me it's patur. The starvation, the hunger doesn't have those pangs and those dangers immediately. It's over time. Oh, says the Gemara, but I have that in Bizera as well. The Bizera seems clear in the parallel case to a vat of uh, placing something upon the person, placing the person in an area which is insulated and doesn't allow for their breathing. Might take more time. The only way you're going to be Hayav is if it's more quickly associated with you by lighting the flame. Otherwise, you'd be Patur. So everyone holds Patur. You can't tell me it was Hayav and Patur. And we know there's a Mahlok. We just don't know who said what. Says the Gemara Amre. Uh, they, they exclaimed in settling this matter, Hatam, in the circumstance of when he was entered into the beta de shesha, into the home or the room that was made out of marble or insulated with marble, bela shiraga la mathil havla beshaate. Hacha belo shiraga name mathil havla beshaate. The Gemara, I think not speaking fully scientifically, but you'd have to apply it scientifically accordingly, but on, based on their understanding, and they're setting more than anything coordinates, they're setting principles, they're not talking about a reality, because they're not giving us measurements of rooms and vats, but they are determining and distinguishing between the cases in such a fashion, they say, listen, it goes like this, when you put the vat upon the person, immediately, or almost immediately, we imagine them as sucking the oxygen potential out of their situation because they're in such an enclosed area and they just have such a small space to breathe. It doesn't mean they're immediately dying, but it means the suffocation we can imagine as coming quicker. We know that as opposed to when they're placed in a room this size, which is fully sealed, they have a lot more time to be breathing in there. As a result, that's why Rabbi Zera says that's only when you lit the flame in that circumstance that you're hayat. In that circumstance, it would be even further removed if you hadn't lit the flame because there was more space, there was more oxygen to be breathing. How do you distinguish between a room and a vat and all that sort of business? The Gemara leaves that very much open for our consideration and understanding, but it does settle that Rabbi Zera would or could maintain that Hayav when it was Kafa Alav Gigit. You place the, a person placed the vat, the top upon another, another in such a circumstance, even though it's not immediate, it's not direct, it's direct enough because the suffocation begins from the onset as opposed to Rava who says, but it's not so. The actual suffocation is only when you're out of oxygen. 
oxygen, so you're gradually losing that. That's not direct enough. The Gemara suggests that's a mahloke between Rava and Bizera. Rava would say patur. That's our posek lahalacha kefatov amet baraav patur. Bizera would maintain hayav, which means back on that case kefatov amet baraav. According to Bizera as well as hayav. Says the Gemara Amar Rava. Now the Gemara gives us three cases, pretty much identical all fascinating in their own ways with regards to the specifics, but identical in principle, there is a question which could and maybe will be addressed by us as to why he needs to give us three cases where ostensibly, well, the last one will lead us into another conversation, but ostensibly they all amount to the same thing. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, each of these cases will be and out there, it'll be jarring, it'll get you a little bit nervous. We always want the Jewish court of law to be a little bit, as Morris reminds us, in all his conservative leanings, he tells us, but when it comes to Dean of Bet Din, we want liberalism with regards to taking lives. Morris, am I wrong about that one? Yeah, all right, good. So anyways, uh, the question is how, how much you want to be on this, but all right. Anyway, the, it's very clear they're teaching us principles and value of life through all this. Amar de hafo labor, if a person were to push another uh, into a pit, but there is, a, there is a, um, a ladder in the pit, which means they'll be able to emerge. And uh, the assumption has to be that they die from the natural causes at the bottom of the pit. Let's say there's water. They want the water is there from the onset, and they're going to drown in it. Not from the fall either, because that we would consider direct. If you pushed him in and he bashed his head directly or whatever, well, that's you. But no, it's, it's going to be. But there was a way of them getting out at the time. See, there's an interesting thing Rashi adds in over here. It says, uh, but before, give it a second. And another one comes and removes the ladder. Even if somehow, you know, it's a long, uh, not, not somehow, we can figure this one out. There's a pit and it goes down a really long way. I guess it's going to be a soft landing because there's water of some sort. But there's a ladder that goes all the way down. And, and the water really goes all the way, all the way down. And so you, as he's, not you, the person who throws him in, as he's descending, push the ladder in and it falls into the water. There's no way of using that ladder any longer. Which means to say, at the moment that he was pushed in, there was a ladder. But you yourself removed the ladder. Oh, that's direct. You can't say that's in that. Rashi takes it a step further. Rashi says, Kodim nifilato, two lines from the top. The individual hasn't even hit the bottom. He hasn't even hit the water, and you already removed the ladder. Again, pushed it, not you, the person. When he pushed him, there was a ladder. When he's in. Nefilato. Nefilato means him falling. Not tehifato, nefilato. When he's midair, remove the ladder. The guy never had a chance. It's not that he had a chance to get out, but it's still indirect, says Rava. One more time, to the extent that he'd be patur, says Rashi, even if. By the time he hits the bottom, the ladder is gone, and you, not you, the person who pushed him himself is the, per, is the same person who removes it. What's the halacha? Patur. But in the case of the brothers of Masech, they said, let's not kill him, and let's put him in the boar so it's not our hands. Why should we kill him? Throw him into the boar, and let the nation take his course. So you're proving that it's in there. No, there's no ladder there. No ladder. There was no ladder in that case. Yeah, there, there was no ladder. There was no, okay, I mean, we, what we need to do is we need to read Ramban Nachmani's commentary to the Torah over there, which is very instructive and telling. I will tell you that in Peshat and Pesukim, 
it's not so clear. I, I know the I know the Gemara. In Bolmaim, Aval Yeshvon Hashem Ba'akrabim, but Peshat and Pesukim is he's going to be down in there, and who knows what's going to. He's not going to die from from from. He's going to die in some way or fashion over time. People will take him out, whatever it is. It's not fully clear from the storyline exactly what's taking place. Number one, number two. We need not, or we'd like to, and Ramban does, treat the, uh, treat the uh, Shivatim as people who are observing the halakhot of Gerama, as we know, the Hanatan Torah. In other words, the way the Hachamim are interpreting Mita, as very often they will learn laws from, from the Avot. Uh, but it, it, what I'm saying is, uh, sometimes they'll distinguish. So they were working with one principle in logic, and we with another, uh, but all understood. So you want to make it even more light upon us. You want to make it, even if there was no ladder, when he pushes him in, that's get him out enough. That's, that's quite a, of course he has to die. So he died. No, 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 no. Jesse's, Jesse's saying, what was their logic in pushing him in? The logic in pushing him in is, we don't want blood on our hand, which Jesse is interpreting, which, which that, that's, what I was, that's what I was implying. I wasn't saying it explicitly. The, the assumption is he's going to get out somewhere. And whatever happens to him, happens to him. But what Jesse's saying is, they seems like they don't want them on their hands, which means that they don't want to be liable for death uh, and, or, or for the murder of this individual, but they didn't leave a ladder in there for him to get out. Anyway, says the Gemara over here, I'm not... This, this is all this is all possible, Jared. Yes, it's 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 all possible. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, what I'm saying is, it's hard for us to hone in and to, to, to decide from that story without the Torah. Western law, Western law is felony murder. I don't care what your intention was. If the end result of my action led to his death, ladder, ladder, but, but again, how direct does it need to be? It doesn't have to be direct. At all? If I give a licensed person a gun, if I give a licensed person a gun, and he kills somebody, I'm guilty. You're liable. I'm liable. Okay, but he said, but he understood, but we have none of that over here. And mitabi de shamayim, but he's on mitat betin. Says the Gemara again, let's, says the Gemara, Amar avad de hafo labor, What's the reason? At the time that he pushes him, he's able to rise. One more of these Rava, three cases. If you shot an arrow, but the individual is holding a, uh, a shield. Which means say he's going to block it. And another person runs and runs in front of the arrow, runs on the side of the arrow, and grabs it. Somehow you have the capability of pulling it yourself, maybe hypothetically. Wherever. Patur in such a circumstance, you patur de at the time that you shot the arrow. Mifsak piske, we imagine the arrow as mifsak piske gire. His arrow is cut off. It's not going to affect him. We call that indirect. Okay, we're going to do the last one as well, and we'll, we'll return to this tomorrow. Ve'amarava zarak bochetz. What if you shot? What if a person shot another with an arrow? However, the arrow is going to puncture the skin, but there's a way of curing that. There's some medication which will cure. Maybe the arrow has poison on it, and there's a medication which will which will uh, cure the person of the 
the poisonous effects. The simanim biado, and the person who's being shot is holding on to the cure. He's holding on to the samanim, onto the uh, medicine in his hands. Ubahed pizeran, someone runs by and, and knocks it out and disperses it, which means he doesn't have access to the medicine any longer. Vafiluhu kadamu pizeran, even if you yourself ran ahead and pushed it away, patur in that circumstance as well seems almost identical, if not completely, to the first two cases. The be'idna at the time, the shadabe that he shoots at him, he's able to be cured. Which means, say, these last three cases, and we'll return to them and then move forward with them, uh, describe for us Ravaz again, out there situations and nifsak lahalacha circumstances of where, even though you're setting, the person is setting another up for death, the fact that there was a capability of escaping in the moment that the harm began or the potential harm began, even if it's removed by the very person who put the harm into effect, patur, it's not direct enough. Baruch Adonai Amen ve